Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. I think for what our text is today, if you would like to follow along, which comes to us from the Old Testament, from the book of Jonah, chapter 4. Now, don't worry, Jonah is a short book. So when I say chapter four, I don't mean like 90 verses. So So let us join now, whether following along in the bulletin or uh, if you're online looking at the screen, as we listen now to God's holy word. So once again, a reading from Jonah chapter four. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That this is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, Lord, Please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But then dawn came. Dawn came up the next day and God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, is it better for me to die than to live? But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in the night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the writing of He Went to Paris, Jimmy Buffett explains the sort of background story of how this song came into being. He talks about how he was inspired after encountering a cleanup person or sort of an act 
cleaner, someone after someone performs at a nightclub in Chicago. They swapped stories where the man told Buffett about his time spent fighting in the Spanish Civil War. Having lost an arm, he reminisced about the time he spent recovering in Paris, in a Paris hospital. Buffett goes on to say that this song is a tribute to the stories that this man shared with him, and also a tribute to the memoirs, the memories of other writers that he was influenced by, such as Hemingway. These kind of life-changing events, or these kind of life-altering events, often push us unwillingly in a direction that starts us off on a journey of searching for answers, answers to questions that bother us. Questions that bother us because we look around, we look around and we see that it doesn't seem like everything's fair. If I've done everything right, why am I being punished this way? Maybe that's the question Jonah had on his mind. Questions that bother us because we know some give their all and still lose everything. While we may not find answers to the questions our hearts are yearning to answer, we may discover that these questions are powerful enough, though, to mold us, to shape us on our journey of life and faith. Jonah, of course, I think, as we said, is one such person, one such person who had a number of different questions, not just in his head, but on his heart. God called Nineveh to go and preach a message of repentance and salvation to the people of Nineveh. And I might say you all know what happens next, but I don't want to make that assumption. But we know that when God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, Jonah did not want to go. He wanted nothing to do with Nineveh. So he hopped on a, not a freighter, but he hopped on a ship, and instead of going to Paris, he tried to go to Tarshish, somewhere that would be in, somewhere that would be in modern-day Turkey, you might say. As he hopped on the boat, God eventually directs him to go to Nineveh. Jonah doesn't understand why God wants him to go. Because in Jonah's mind, the questions he is asking, the questions that bother him so, the people of Nineveh just are not worthy of any kind of grace. They're not worthy of any kind of forgiveness. They're not even people who are part of the covenant God made with Abraham. So why should Jonah, a prophet of God, care what happens to these people who live in Nineveh? 
And that's where we eventually catch up to the events of our reading for today. Jonah, still looking for answers, makes his way out to a place that is overlooking the city. And if it was today in some kind of movie, I'm sure he would have some popcorn just waiting for those fire bolts to rain down on Nineveh. But it didn't happen. The questions that Jonah had, the questions plaguing his mind, were not answered the way he wanted them to be answered. And this tore Jonah up. You can see in the reading for today how bitter Jonah is that Nineveh was not punished. The questions Jonah was asking, the questions that bothered him so, became so powerful, they tainted Jonah. Jonah, even as a prophet of God, no longer could Jonah see that God was doing what God always does. And instead, Jonah became so focused on his bias, his prejudice against the Ninevites. He became so wrapped up in his self-righteousness that the questions he was asking warped his view of the world around him. There is power, friends, in the questions we ask ourselves. There's power in those questions. There's power in those words we ask ourselves. And the power doesn't always come from the answer. Because these questions are often catalysts for our quest to try and understand why things are the way they are. And these questions often become the lens through which we view the world. For example, we can certainly ask questions that feed our ego, sort of like Jonah. We can ask questions that make ourselves feel good, questions that make us think we're even better than someone else because we either think we're more self-righteous or more deserving, more worthy. And these impact how we view the world. We can ask questions as well that try to justify our sort of pushing away or blocking off certain segments from merging into our community. We can also ask questions, though, in an attempt for us to make sense of the unexplainable. Questions that we encounter on our journey of trying to understand how our life in Christ, our life in God, and our life together merge. We can ask questions that set us on a journey of wellness and healing, apart from the questions that corrupt our vision 
of the world. For example, we can ask questions such as the one the man who went to Paris did. And of course, we don't have to go to Paris to look for answers to questions that trouble us so. But we do have to go and at least attempt to find answers. That means for some of us, though, we may begin our journey on answering these questions, and some of us may have to pause and stop and evaluate the questions we're asking in the first place. And we see the reason for this. For in this morning, we heard two different tales, two different endings of questions two people had, and their stories ended up quite differently. What I think is ironic about our reading for today and the song that we had today from Jimmy Buffett is that the endings are not what we expect them to be. I think there's some implicit bias within us where we would expect Jonah to be the person, a prophet of God who had questions and found them, had a happy ending. And perhaps the man who went to Paris, maybe not so. But the opposite happens. There's this reversal of roles. We find the man in the end living his best life, telling Jimmy Buffett that life, that in life, some of its tragic, some of its magic, but I had a good life all the way. While Jonah, on the other hand, again a prophet of God, sits bitterly underneath a shriveled plant, not understanding why God would spare Nineveh. It's a stark reminder for us as people of faith, people who profess to follow in the footsteps of God, follow in the footsteps of Jesus, that just because we profess just because we profess to follow God, just because we profess to follow Jesus, does not mean things will work out the way we want them to. We might think of our journey with Jesus as being one additional tool we can access in our journey of life and faith. But if we don't tap into it, if we don't use it, well, you end up in a situation like Jonah. The reading for today and our song today remind us not just of the questions that trouble our hearts, but the importance of viewing these questions or using these questions to frame our journey of healing and wholeness that we find in our walk with God, our walk with Christ, our walk in the goodness of creation. It's a reminder for us as well that the questions we ask on this journey will frame for us how we perceive the world 
around us. So for those of us who say we follow God, let us do so, asking questions that help us to grow, to wrestle with the hard places in life. Let's learn from the mistakes of folks like Jonah, knowing that on this journey of life and faith, there are certainly many questions, but we have a friend and a companion who is always walking alongside us. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.